everybody, and welcome to the Five Star Podcast, a podcast from two guys that never play defense on football video games and sometimes watch movies. Uh, I'm Ryan Hurley, and I'm here with my co-host. Sam Wolfcool is here, present. <laughs> yes, thank you for attending, Mr. Wolfcool. <laughs> yes. I, uh, I, I, I greatly considered playing some defense on NCAA, and I looked out my window and I was like, Game's going to take twice as long. And I was like, nah, I'm good. Exactly. That's what always <laughs> stops me, too, is like, you know, maybe it would be fun to get a few sacks here and there, uh, you know, have some fun like that. And then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I could just – I could always just actually only play offense and play, like, three games in the time that I would play this one. It's perfect. I mean, it's way better. It's fun. But, you know, someday. Someday I'll grow up. <laughs> Not today, though. Not today. So, you know, as, um, as we all announced last week, we're here talking about the 2002 Oscars ceremony. We've compiled our list of uh, uh, the five movies from our favorites to least favorites. Um, and we'll be talking about that today. But first, do you have a quick question for us? I got two. I'll I'll do the the the, the boring one first. Uh, what do you think of the Oscars getting pushed back two months? You know, and along with that, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I I didn't know this, but along with that, movies can run until like the end of February, I think, and still be nominated as in 2020. Okay, that so I feel like it seems really weird that they're doing that, but. These are like, if there is any circumstances where you have to do that, it would be now. So I don't know. I'm, I'm open for it because like, what even would be the best picture nominees right now? Uh, uh, I probably would just give most of my nominations to Bad Boys for Life. <laughs> worthy, w- worthy contender. Uh, Lucy Hale was quite good in Fantasy Island. Oh, no, best supporting as- Oscar actor. Uh, who was the guy that just like appeared in the woods in Fantasy Island? He was in. Uh, oh, play- Michael Rooker. In- yes. <laughs> funny, funny story. I I saw Michael Rooker like dropping off a check at his bank at at lunch during work one day, and he's dressed almost exactly like his character in Fantasy Island. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you they let you keep the wardrobe. <laughs> he probably uh, he probably bought an island with that check. I like to think it was the Fantasy Island check he was cashing. <laughs> oh, he deserves it. But, you uh, know, it's like the Michael Caine thing. I never saw the movie, but I did see the house it bought me. I hope it bought him a house. <laughs> oh, Michael Caine. What an a-hole. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I don't know. I don't love it, but I also think it's good that it's getting pushed back because then I feel like you run into the issue of like someone wins an Oscar this year and then everyone's like, I don't know. It was like an asterisk. It wasn't a full year, blah, 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 COVID. And it's like, all right. I mean, the performance was still good, but you know how people are. And that's really all the Oscars are. So it's something to talk about. It's not like any of it like matters. <laughs> so yeah, it matters to me, but like to other people, it's probably just like, it's just a, an award. It's not like, yeah. uh, it's like it really like, I mean, it carries weight, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's sort of a thing where, it helps people get stuff made, but like, you know, if you're a movie fan, then you know that they just like get it wrong constantly. So it's like, okay, if, if this is what we have to do to like 
not have there be an asterisk if Spike Lee gets another win for the Five Bloods or something like that, then that's fine. Let's let's do that. But yeah, it feels well, weird. It's funny because Spike Lee doesn't actually have any directing Oscars. He just got an Oscar for writing uh, Black Klansman. So yeah, maybe this will be the year he gets kind of that like sort of legacy Oscar. <laughs> I gotta watch that still. That's on my list for uh, for this week. I was it's really good. Up, I was trying to catch up on all these damn Oscar movies last week. <laughs> I'd never yeah. seen most of these. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to do like this this week. It was like a mad dash for me to like, <laughs> like try and watch all these. <laughs> but the five blood, the five bloods is good. I definitely yeah. definitely recommend it. Um, okay. Are you gonna Are you gonna ask the the bonus quick question? Sure. So. You know, we talk about our letterboxes here a lot. Um, and it, of course, it's a half star to five stars on there. How do you how do you look at a movie and what determines kind of like the rating for you? Like, what is your rating system? I think for me, for to get five stars, I have to like love it. Like, it has to be a movie where like if it was on TV, I would like just turn it on. It's a movie that I watched and I was like, I love that. And then I thought about it for like multiple days afterwards. Like, it's just a movie that I think is just like perfect in every way. Four and a half, I kind of save for like a movie I thought was really, really good and like was just like well made, but it's not really a movie that I'd be like, that's what I wouldn't necessarily call it like a favorite movie. And then Four Stars is kind of like my last point of a movie that I think deserves to be like nominated for Best Picture. It's a movie I think that's like really good, like borderline great, but just like was missing something here or there then three and a half is like really good but like i don't know it's fine like normally three and a half is a movie that i thought was good but it kind of loses me three is just like i liked it probably had a lot of flaws but it was like it was fine two and a half is either i i i go back and forth the whole time and ultimately don't love it or it's a movie that like i recognize as being like a good movie and i get why people like it but it just wasn't for me and then kind of from there it's just like two stars is like eh, i guess one and a half, like, one and a half for me has become a spot. I put, like, Oscar-nominated movies that I thought were terrible, like, <laughs> Precious and uh, Driving Miss Daisy. Like, movies I thought were just bad. I'm just like, one and a half, this was terrible. One is just, like, maybe I got a laugh out of it, but it was awful. And then Half Star is just like, what What was that? <laughs> I have, yeah, I have a very, like, similar system. Uh, like, Half Star and One Star and and like I, I rarely go like one and a half with a movie, but like anything from that like half star to to one and a half, it's me being like this barely qualifies as like a movie. Like you barely went beyond like student film level filmmaking here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and then like kind of the the range of that is just like how much did it offend me? So like you know like the half stars, it's it's like me being like I fucking hate that movie, and you know like. Maybe one star is me being like, that's not a good movie. And then one and a half is me maybe being like, I don't like that movie at all. <laughs> that's that's how I'd maybe refer to them in conversation. Two is like, two, it's it's either like mainly just dull movies, like like Chocolat we talked about. I gave that two stars. Chocolat. Chocolat. Uh, I gave just two stars because, you know, it was like, it's fine. It you know it's it's passing whatever bars it can hit. It's just like dull and boring. Or two stars is normally the like it's not my thing 
area. So like, um, I gave one of them, I'll mention it when we get, get to it here, but I gave one of the movies we watched this time, two stars as well. Not really like too much off of like lacking in technical prowess. It just wasn't my thing. Was uh, it Fellowship of the Ring? <laughs> yes, it was Fellowship <laughs> of the Ring. Just not, not, not my thing. <laughs> uh, and then two and a half, that's like just gray and neutral. That's like, you know, walking out of a movie and being like, yeah, I saw it. I don't have any feelings. Um, and then three is like, I generally kind of like it, but I wouldn't really like seek it out again. Three and a half is like, I felt positively about it, but it's just not one of my favorites. Um, four would be like me being like, oh, that's a good movie. Um, and I, I would watch it again if other people were watching it. And then like four and a half, that's me being like, I, that's a really great movie. I like that movie. Five is like, obviously that's like one of my favorite movies of the year if I give it a five. Um, and then if I do like five and a heart, that normally means that it's like one of my favorites of all time. But that rarely happens in, immediately after I watch a movie. If I, if I like a movie, which is three stars, I just give it a heart. I don't know. That's just something I was started <laughs> doing. So now like, it's like, did I like it? And I just got to give it three stars. That makes sense. I've seen like I've seen people use it both ways, and I've also seen people like, um, I've seen people just like give movies log it that they they watched it, and then just give it a heart if they like generally liked it. But I like kind of hate that. Yeah, yeah, not my thing, <laughs> not my thing. But uh, if I'm like really into it, I since I never did that, I like now have just retroactively gone back and been like, okay, I'll just give a heart to my favorites or like ones that I like ironically. Yeah. So like, I'm pretty sure the room has a heart for me. <laughs> I mean, that's okay. I think, I think if I ever watched a movie like that, I'd give it a heart. I don't, I've never seen the room. I, I I've learned it's not anywhere. It doesn't exist on streaming. I'll, uh, I'll mail you my Blu-ray. You just have to mail it back. Oh, maybe I'll just keep it. <laughs> I, uh, you know, it's not really mine to give away because I took it from somebody that forgot it at my house. <laughs> Should we get get in, okay. get into our best yes. picture nominees here? Um, diggity down. So we're gonna go from five to to one here. Our least, I guess, our least favorite, our most, uh, our least passionate response to a movie to our probably favorite movie here out of the five. Uh, do you want to start with number five here, Wolf? So for number five, we went with <laughs> the best picture winner of 2002. Get it out of the way mind. early. <laughs> yeah, geez, Louise. A Beautiful Mind was actually not our consensus worst movie, but it was the one that we were both like the same, like kind of like, eh, it was good. We both gave it three and a half stars actually for this. Uh, my thoughts were like the first, like, I don't even know. The time passed in different ways during this movie. Like I don't, mm. I don't know how long it was. So basically, up until Jennifer Connelly yelled out the window at the construction people, I was like really locked into this movie, and I was like, "This is like really good. Like I'm, I really like this movie. This is doing a lot of things that I like in a movie. Like I also enjoy just a bunch of like nerdy guys being dudes, and I was like, this is great." And then like, it just kind of lost me. Like <laughs> they did that whole scene with like the umbrella in the sky, and I was like. I don't understand what we just did here, but that was kind of cool. And then 
if he's kind of slowed down and then suddenly it's like he's schizophrenic and it's like whoa okay and then you then you spend like that 10 minutes of whatever's going on, on the screen you just kind of forget about because you're like wait a minute was he schizophrenic here was this guy in this scene was paul bettany never anywhere um but uh in the end i thought it was like good like i wouldn't like i don't i don't think it deserved to win best picture and i don't even think it really deserved to get a nomination but it, it's just uh it's just a very like bland biopic and you think about the movie we gave best picture to a couple weeks ago and Aaron Brockovich a much like stronger biopic where they kind of like they didn't overdo it I feel like they had a lot of things going on in A Beautiful Mind and none of them really ever got hashed out and then they kind of gave I feel like the Jennifer Connelly getting best supporting actress kind of like a pity award where it was like (laughs) look we know we didn't give you a whole lot to do but like you did good with what you were given <laughs> yeah no i totally agree with that it's like kind of like a concoction of a whole bunch of different like uh oscar formulas you know like the like like you said like the like biopic thing where it's just about a person's life and then sort of like it being like a thriller with like a unreliable narrator and then also like yeah like the like sort of romance thing and like all of it together didn't necessarily like work for me. Like I thought there was, especially because uh, John Nash played by, that's his name, right? Played by mm-hmm. Russell Crowe. He's a, like a pretty bland character other than that. He's kind of like an asshole in the beginning and then he's schizophrenic. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden it's like, Oh, yikes. Out of nowhere. Yeah. I, I was, I was mentioning to you before this, like, I felt like, um, um, so a movie that I've seen that uh, sort of handled something similarly to this, like, story, uh, was, it's, I think it's George Clooney's uh, directorial debut, actually, but it's called um, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, and it's about this guy named Chuck Barris, played by Sam Rockwell. Actually, it looks like this came out, this came out the next year, ironically, Um, but so it's like about Chuck Barris, who uh, created a whole bunch of uh, game shows, but then he also thinks he's like a, a secret agent, sort of like this movie. And um, uh, like, you basically, you go through and and you find out like maybe he's not a very reliable narrator, but it's not really ever explained at the end, and you're kind of like questioning it the whole time. You're going back and forth. I feel like that was a much more effective way to like approach this sort of like issues with the character because I think you you hit on it like when you when he, you know he's schizophrenic but then he's going back and like doing things with the like people that are figments of his brain you're just kind of like checking out because you're like none of this is real now <laughs> like the one thing that really confused me was kind of like the like the probably like the last 25 minutes of the movie when he like goes back to Princeton and Josh Lucas's character is there. I love Josh Lucas in this movie. I thought he was great. And uh, is that his name? Josh Lucas? Mm-hmm. Am I right on that? Cool. Yeah, you got it. Time, like I don't understand how much time was passing. Like the movie was really relying on me like remembering the last time they told me what year it was. And then they told me the year again all of a sudden. And I was like, bro, I don't know how many years it's been. <laughs> I, I don't know. Suddenly he's like gray as heck. Are we just supposed to believe that he like sat in that library for 15 years scribbling on the windows? Yeah, I had that same issue too where I was like, wait, what the fuck is... Uh, 
it it just gets a lot weaker in those last like 20 minutes <laughs> it rushed because all of a sudden it's like you win the nobel prize or whatever he won i don't know it wasn't what those was he won the nobel prize and it's like for the thing he discovered 50 years ago when he wanted to get laid yeah okay. yeah it feels so like minor in the movie when it happens <laughs> but it's like a big thing like we learned about the Nash equilibrium in my econ class and we like we watched that scene of the movie <laughs> when he like figures out with the girls um can i just say the one thing i loved the thing the single thing i loved the most about this movie besides jennifer connelly's performance i thought she was really good i just didn't think she was given enough importance as a character was the fact that they reunited days to confused nerds adam goldberg and anthony rapp that was awesome (laughs) (laughs) maybe the characters kind of cleaned up and uh just became professors (laughs) like i don't understand how that even happened it was awesome i I don't understand how the ages were because that movie was nine years after you know it kind of works because that well no it doesn't because they were seniors and then they would have gone to college for four years. And then that was their, like, PhD program. I don't know how smart school works. Yeah, me either. I, you're talking but, to a film student. It kind of worked. It was – it was. Uh, I thought it was good at the beginning, and then it kind of lost me. But I still, in the end, I was like, that was pretty good. Like, I would – I'd probably recommend it to someone. But, like, in terms of remembering it as one of the five movies from 2001, I think that's a bit weak. Yeah, I agree. Like, I have nothing against the movie – you know, like it's it's competently made. Ron Howard is is you know like a good director. He he's like he'll give you. Ron Howard will give you like an okay movie every time at least. You know, so like, and this is probably, I mean, you know, him doing that in sort of like an Oscar formula. So definitely. But there's there's nothing that really like I feel like makes it jump out after all these years. At least not to me. I agree. Um, we have some notable nominations here that we were going to talk about. Uh, obviously it won best picture. It had eight nominations. Um, we were also going to talk about just, as you mentioned, Jennifer Connelly won for best supporting actress. Um, and then the other nominees were Helen Mirren and Maggie Smith for Gosford Park, uh, Marissa Tomei for in the bedroom, uh, and Kate Winslet for Iris. I know you mentioned it feels like a, uh, a bit of like a, we're sorry we didn't give you much Oscar. <laughs> Do you, would you take the award away from her? <laughs> uh, with this group, no. I mean, Kate Winslet, I've never seen Iris. I bet she's great, but I've never seen it. Marissa Tomai, talk about having nothing to do. We'll get to her. <laughs> but like, she was phenomenal in her like 25 seconds of screen time. Uh, and then you get the Gosford Park where Maggie Smith played the same character. I'm sorry, Dame Maggie Smith has played, probably played the same character for 20 years at this point. Put some respect on and, Maggie Smith's name, Wolf. And I quite literally didn't realize Helen Mirren was in Gosford Park. Like, that was my hot take from Gosford Park was I was looking back through the, the, the cast list at the end of the movie, and I was like, Helen Mirren was in Gosford Park? She was nominated for an award? She was in this movie? Oh, we'll get to it. At, we'll get to it at the. Ah, that's one of her part is one of the things I like the best about the movie. I got a lot of issues with that movie, and, and uh, <laughs> we'll get to it. But uh, uh, the one thing I would argue is if this was 2020, 
uh, Sissy SpaceX agents would have been like, hey, you know, Tom Wilkinson was really the lead of this movie. Maybe Sissy is a supporting, and then they would give her the Oscar. Yeah, I, I, w- I, would, I would love to have seen that. Of course, uh, we'll talk about Sissy later on, but yeah, that would have been great. Um, yeah, all, this is a weird category because Helen Mirren and Maggie Smith, I don't feel like they're in the movie that movie that much, even though I, as I said, like Helen Mirren and Gosford Park. Same with Marissa Tomei, Kate Winslet in Iris. I've never even heard of that movie other than when I was looking <laughs> at these nominations. It's, it's, it's got a lot of nominations. <laughs> so like, yeah, I feel okay with, I, this was a weird I'm Oscar year. Can I give you a couple other people that should have been nominated? You're going to love this, I promise. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. Julie, and- Julie Andrews gets robbed for Princess Diaries. <laughs> okay, absolutely. I'm and with that. Carrie Ann Moss, her, her scenes were fantastic in Memento. That's true. I would love to see her and get nominated for this. That would be great. So maybe mean, you could combine Helen Mirren and Maggie Smith into one person, and then you open up a spot. There you go. You know, like... We could probably lose Maggie Smith uh, as far as like the nominations. She's doing stuff she's always done in there. Well, it's funny because I don't know anything about her prior to probably this year, 2001. So like maybe that was the first time she was doing that kind of stuff. Because that was the first time she played McGonagall looking at what else came out that year. Sorcerer's Stone came out. So That's true. That's a good point. I don't know though. It, it it just didn't feel, I don't know. It's, it seems like a very weak category that this year. Uh, Definitely. Is there anything else you want to add on A Beautiful Mind? No, we really uh, we really dragged it out on that, that dang movie. So I'm going to let you tell us all about our number four pick. <laughs> yeah, we vamped as best as we could. Uh, <laughs> we did. Uh, so our number four is going to be Gosford Park. Uh, so this kind of elicited stronger reactions from the two of us. I know I was a little bit more positive. Uh, than you were on it, um, but it is. I I really enjoyed the movie. Uh, it took me a while to get into it. It is slow going, um, but it's directed by Robert Altman, um, produced by Altman and Bob Balaban from an idea that they had, um, written by the uh, creator of Downton Abbey, <laughs> and uh, I think that was what stood out to me the most at first was like. Uh, I was sitting there and I'm like, I've never watched the show Downton Abbey, but I feel like this is like a Downton Abbey episode. And then I looked at his IMDb and I was like, oh shit, wait, that makes sense. Uh, (laughs) But like, I think there's a lot of like really good actors, probably like overqualified actors in very like small roles here, but they're all, I I do like what they bring, bring to it. And I think that there's like, some very subtle comedy in throughout this thing, like sort of in the way that they interact. It's just very like dry and very British. Um, And then, like I said earlier, the like sort of twist uh, at the end where spoiler alert, um, we find out that Clive Owen is Helen Mirren's son uh, with the guy that died. And that sort of scene where you see, uh, Kelly McDonald talked to Helen Mirren about it. And then Helen Mirren is crying in her like maid's quarters. I thought those were two really strong scenes to kind of end the movie. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I just like the way it kind of um, showed how like repressed that sort of like 
high society in 30s Britain is or was? Was it too repressed for you, Wolf? I, uh, I, I like being able to turn a movie on and like look at the cast list and be like, oh, okay, that's blank, that's blank. And then I can see them on the screen and I'm like, oh, okay, that's, oh, all right, this is great. I know all these people. And then you throw on this movie and you're like, oh my goodness. Every single person in this movie looks exactly the same. <laughs> and I couldn't figure out who anybody was and that bothered me. And I, the first time I tried watching this was like months ago actually, because I, I found it at like half price books for like super cheap. And I was like, oh, and I'm ready for an Oscar. I'm going to watch this eventually. Let's just save a dollar now. And I turned it on and we got my, my girlfriend, and I got 30 minutes in and we were like, wait a minute, this is not a murder mystery. What is this? This is, this is just, this is just British people talking to each other. <laughs> uh, I, I will say, I do think it's intentional that they do kind of all look alike, but I'll talk about it more later. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> I uh, I don't know. Like I just, it, it's one of those things where every single conversation that was had like didn't feel important, but then like when you think about it, like every single conversation that was had was really important. And I just was like, I was like, I don't know what's going. Like I, I, I knew what was going on, and there was a certain point in the movie where like something happened with like the uh, the maid and Dumbledore. And I was like, oh, shoot, like I, oh, so they were like hooking up and this is going on. And like Kristen Scott Thomas is all upset about everything. And then like Ryan Phillippe was doing his whole, I'm a good looking guy, but I'm a total creep thing that he did from like every movie from like 1999 to 2001. Literally, Cruel Intentions, he does it. And then I know what you did last summer. He did it. Like, it's like, come on, Ryan Phillippe. I know you're not a great actor, but like something else. <laughs> uh I almost came around on it. There was like a certain point, like probably after he got killed, I was like, this is like kind of good. Like they're just like, they're talking to each other. They're trying to build everything up. They're trying to make you think this, this, and this. I'm like, I'm kind of into this. But I was like, the fact that the first hour was just like, not it. And then I kind of feel like they kind of like really like wrapped up the whole killing thing kind of quick. And I feel like if this movie was made now, they wouldn't let Ryan Phillippe like throw himself at every female character and think it was like totally <laughs> fine. Like if oh, this is what's nuts about this movie. This this really blew my mind. So about halfway through, I was like, what's going on? So I went to Wikipedia just to read like the plot up till then to see what I missed. And I was like, oh, I didn't miss anything. I knew all this was going on. I just thought there was something more going on. But you know that scene where Ryan Phillippe like throws himself on top of that maid? Mm-hmm. In Wikipedia, <laughs> Wikipedia calls it like they had a sexual encounter. And it's like, no, they didn't. Yeah. He threw himself on top of her. That, yeah, was, I think, that was, what? I think Wikipedia is greatly mischaracterizing that scene. I think they yeah. probably misunderstood what was happening there. But I don't know. I didn't hate it. I, I just, I, I, think it's a, I think it's a movie that if I, if, I were to re, if I were to watch it again for my second and a half time watching it, I would spend less time worrying about like every single conversation and just kind of be like, I know what's going to happen. Let's just try to take everything else in. But that was mm-hmm. a movie where you needed to understand the dialogue. I feel like to really fully let everything hit you. Right. Yeah. I, I, so I think this is a good time to, to mention um, in more detail, the, the director, Robert Altman. Uh, so he's like famous for movies like Nashville and McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Um, and the 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 uh, one other experience I've had with him, which is the Long Goodbye, 
um, which I watched in that sort of run of like noirs and uh, in the player, of course, as well, uh, which Richard Grant, Richard E. Grant is in that. And he's also one of the butlers here. But um, anyway, uh, I thought that, so he kind of like subverts a lot of <coughs> genre tropes and things like that. So I remember reading the, the premise and, um, you know, seeing like, oh, there's supposed to be like a murder mystery here and thinking like, oh, this is going to be like an Agatha Christie novel. Uh, and then like quickly realizing in this movie, like that's not what Altman wants to talk about here at all. <laughs> uh, and so like, I think that was why I was able to kind of like settle into this. I was like, oh shit, what was I thinking? Of course, he's not going to do just like a straight up, uh, uh, you know, murder mystery thing. And then I did like how sort of, so, so you, I, I did, I thought it was interesting the way they used Ryan Philippi because you're talking about how he's not a very good actor. Uh, and I feel like they kind of use that in this movie because he's in there and he's using the Scottish accent to try and act like he's not just like a friend tagging along with, with, with the American film producer, Bob Balaban. And then like, you know, I was sitting there and I'm like, this is, he is a very American actor. Yeah, uh, he is. <laughs> and then, and then, like, basically, there was a point where somebody was like, "Yeah, he's got the worst fucking Scottish accent I've ever heard." And I'm like, and I'm like "Okay, so they know too." So that, like, I feel like there's little things like that in the movie where it's like, it was, it, there's a lot of very like subtle things. And, and then, once again, like you said, like the um, when he comes on way too strong uh, to Kelly McDonald's character, and that's that's putting it nicely. Uh, <laughs> I they I think the movie kind of does talk about how like if you're one of those servants or people weren't really like looking out for you like you know like she goes to the other servant that's her friend or the other uh, yeah I think that's, I I don't know what to call him but like um, I don't know all the like terminology for the house workers in 1930s uh, England but uh, they're valets Hurl they're valets valets and butlers <laughs> yes. <laughs> but when she talks to like the one that she's kind of like befriended and the, that woman is just like, Oh, it happens. Like, just don't think about it basically. And I was like, Oh my, you know, like that was like another moment I think was intentionally like kind of peppered into the movie to be like, listen, these like people are just not, they're just not confronting anything emotionally, you know, like it's all like just buried deep, deep down. And so like, I thought that the movie was like an interesting little, like chamber piece, if that's what you want to call it, just to watch like how sort of like silly some of these like British people look just trying to uh, just trying to like not show anything and how that kind of like manifests itself in weird ways. Like all of the counts and countesses like asking like, who's going to be at dinner? Oh, I'll go down then. And like, you know, it's like, wow, these are really just some of the most like petty fucking people ever. <laughs> Yeah, it was a uh, it was petty. It was a petty movie. Yeah, a lot of a lot of a lot of British people. It was fine. It was yeah. uh, it was fine. It, it it's not my cup of tea. It, I wanted it to be my cup of tea, but I should have known if it was nominated for an Oscar, it obviously wasn't going to be an action-packed murder mystery. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thinking? What was I thinking? The Oscars are too highfalutin for something like Knives Out, unfortunately, <laughs> or at least they thought they into... were. Yeah, I mean, if they want to direct, I mean, I I think uh. I think that deserved a Best Picture nomination. It was better than other movies that came out oh, last year. 
hundred percent agree. I a hundred percent agree. Um, so I, th- I think just like another thing to highlight here with this movie, it won best screenplay uh, or, or best, you know, s- screenplay written for. How was that original? Film? It was, how, I mean, whatever. <laughs> it was an original screenplay. You mentioned it's like basically an Agatha Christie model with more talking. <laughs> well, it was based off of the only thing it was based. It wasn't based off of like a specific one, just quote an idea from Robert Altman and Bob oh, Balaban. You ever read it? Then there were none. Have you ever yeah, that's what I was thinking of too. We just killed one of them instead. <laughs> um, it got seven nominations, though. Uh, wow! And wow. Uh, one that I wanted to highlight, just because, like, what a uh, this is a hell of a list of directors that are nominated. So you got Ron Howard uh, for *A Beautiful Mind*, Robert Altman for this, Ridley Scott for *Black Hawk Down*, which is not what I would have nominated him for, but that's whatever. Uh, Peter Jackson. And the David Lynch for Mulholland Drive, which I will definitely be bringing up uh, later on when we talk about uh, maybe what should have been nominated for Best Picture. But uh, honestly here, I love that Robert Altman's nominated, but like, give the goddamn award to David Lynch, please. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of a weird list. I, uh, I'm, you know what, like, as much as I didn't really like Gosford Park, I think Robert Altman, like, I think the movie went the right direction. I think he directed it well. Uh, I honestly, like, I, I really think you, I think you're doing a disgrace to the award and not giving Todd Field a nomination for In the Bedroom. Mm-hmm. I thought, like, yeah, we'll talk about that later, but I, I thought he did a great job too. I think, I mean, I don't, I don't think you need to give Boz Lerman a nomination, but uh, that would have been funny. I don't know who you need to replace <laughs> at this point. Like maybe lose Ron Howard, maybe just totally forget A Beautiful Mind came out. <laughs> yes. I feel like, I feel like we can lose Ron and Ridley. <laughs> pretty easily from this list of directors <laughs> Rid- ridley scott um did he get a one for glad did he win for gladiator i'm gonna take a look i don't remember because if uh, he won for gladiator i feel like you just like forget about him yeah no, he, exactly. didn't. he didn't win for gladiator because uh uh soderbergh won oh true traffic we just did this god dang it ridley has never won an oscar before not even for like blade runner not too bad. nope not even no. nominated for blade runner what? That would be so good. Yeah. yeah. Only nominations, Thelma and Luis Gladiator, Black Hawk Down, and then as a producer for The Martian. <laughs> oh. Hmm. Should we, uh, we boogity to number three? Yeah, let's move on. Let's do it. So our number three was Moulin Rouge! Exclamation point. Uh, I, I love this movie for some reason. I don't know. Any movie with me... Like with singing, and they're singing songs that I like. I'm immediately just like, yes, this is perfect. And I thought the story was like actually like super invigorating and like kind of fun to like be a part of, even though you knew how it was going to end right away. I thought everything Nicole Kidman was doing was perfect. Everything, even her rolling around in that uh, in that blanket was just like, I don't know what she's doing, but like, I love it. And then it's funny because the next year she wins an Oscar for the hours where she plays Virginia Woolf. <laughs> it's like a completely <laughs> opposite role. But uh, Ewan McGregor seemed to be having some fun. He didn't get too down about those hideous Star Wars movies that he was a part of around that time. Uh, everything. Oh, was that was that Richard Broadbent? Jim Broadbent, that, yeah. Jim Broadbent, my God. He was out of his mind. <laughs> a Ziddler. I, Ziggler, I forget his name. 
but I loved it. I thought it was like a magical, I thought it was a magical movie and kind of like get sucked into with the music and the songs. And you were kind of like rooting for Ewan McGregor the whole time. And there's really no other movie where you're going to get two guys going back and forth singing like a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, this was the movie that I was talking about that I gave two stars where I'm just like, this is just not my thing. I, I'm going to be honest. I'm not a big fan of musicals. Uh, and so like, this for me was just like, <laughs> this for me was uh, just not made for me. And I can recognize that. Um, but like, Jesus Christ, is it so over the top? Like, yeah. it's giving you everything all the time. <laughs> I, uh, I, I agree with your aspect on musicals. Like for me, so, like a musical, musicals I like keep my attention when they're not singing. And I feel like this movie was able to like keep me in the loop, even when they weren't like singing the damn can can or like singing like material girl. Like they still had me like, okay, like what's going to happen next. But like, then I think of like greatest showman where if they weren't singing, I wanted to leave. I was like, this movie's mm-hmm. so boring. <laughs> like, can we, can we just keep going with the singing? I think like a lot of musicals don't, it's sort of like a comedy, right? Where, um, and that's why they're, Maybe why they're grouped together at the Emmys, even though that doesn't make any fucking sense. But uh, like, so basically, like normally what you see a lot in musicals is pretty conventional plots and like character relationships. And, you know, like a comedy is basically like, well, we'll just throw jokes on top of it. And like a musical is normally like, oh, we'll just throw songs on top of it. And if you like the songs, then you'll like the movie, basically, which really bothers me. Uh, and it's got me in trouble in the past. Uh, <laughs> so with with other people that do like movie musicals. Also, um, this is just like a pers- personal preference thing. Since I listen to like the normal versions of a lot of these songs in here, I hate hearing show tune versions of it, of them. And like one thing that really annoyed me was like the one version of the song that I thought was really interesting that was a lot different than the original one was the, the version of Roxanne which I think was probably yeah. my favorite scene in the movie. <laughs> and then there's fucking singing over it and shit like that. And I'm like, no, just say, <laughs> I don't need four things at once sometimes, you know, like that. I, I think it's just like a personal preference though, of me just being like really into like calm dad movies and like yeah. not really musicals and not really like hyper crazy movies. And then like that just being like the two things meshed into one, you know, I was like, I was, I was, I was struggling with this movie. <laughs> I was struggling. I, I think after, like, they they had the Lady Marmalade scene, which I love that song. And then they uh, they go into the whole scene where, like, Nicole Kidman and Ewan McGregor, like, are falling for each other. And that, that whole, like, wild scene. And then they finally are done singing. It's like a 25 minutes, just like, like, just constant, just constant, like, noise for 25 minutes. And then... <laughs> the moment I decided I was just in on this movie was to go to Ewan McGregor <laughs> and he's like I was having trouble writing and then literally five seconds later I like looked at my phone and I look up and him and like Nicole Kidman are like on top of like a roof singing at each other and I was like I don't know what's going on <laughs> I don't really care like I'm in <laughs> this is fun <laughs> so one thing that like <laughs> one thing that I joked with my roommates about with this movie uh this song or this 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 movie is basically the plot of the song Mr. Brightside. <laughs> they should have had that song. They should have. They should have. 
It wasn't out yet. That was one of the reviews. (laughs) (laughs) It really changes the way you look at this movie, though. What do you think about it? (laughs) I would have been just like any I I I did any song they could have brought into it like I was just like I was balling out like that's probably why I like Glee so much I like when people sing songs I just like when people sing and they like dance and they move around like it was a it it caught my eye um I can't imagine you have much more to say on this movie no all I'll say is just like uh, my my opinion here on this movie has no value like I'm the guy that doesn't like the Hamilton soundtrack so you know this Hamilton no, I haven't seen Hamilton. I've heard all the songs, though. <laughs> I see it. I, I, I listening to the music is uh kind of lame when you don't like. I feel like it's not the same experience. We sat in the okay. second row one time, and someone like you could like see uh Aaron Burr sir uh, spit everywhere. It was awesome. I've I've talked. I talked. I had conversations with. Uh, so at DePaul, we had like a very big theater school. I've had conversations like ad nauseum with theater kids where I'm like. I don't like theater. And they're like, well, you just got to try out this play. And I'm like, do you know what like a big financial like sink uh, theater, like two theater tickets are? Cause I'm not going to go alone. Like I would at a movie. It's like a whole night out. Uh, and like, you know, if I don't win the lottery thing, it's expensive, especially. How we thought. <laughs> we won yeah, the exactly. My girlfriend won the lottery. <laughs> I'm Irish, but I got no awesome. luck. So, <laughs> uh, but so it's like, it's just like an O for for me, like just an O for three, and then like they're making get, it a movie. They apparently I'll, they taped one of it and putting on they're putting on Disney Plus next month. I hope it looks better than In the Heights. <laughs> looks in the Heights. I'm kind of right, sad but, for that one. I'll, I will I'll be bet. seeing that opening night. That's not my decision, but I'm there. I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll get dragged to it, but I'm I don't I don't anticipate liking that movie either. But yeah, my uh, taste in uh, movie musicals generally skews older. Like I like an American in Paris. Um, uh, I I like the bits of the movie I'm going to recommend for you uh, for the movie swap at the end here. It's oh, a it's musical. musical. It's a musical. Oh. oh, an old musical. An old musical. Yeah. I love old musicals. I love when they're <laughs> singing songs I've never heard in my life. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, I like I like normally when like. There's either songs I don't know or songs that aren't just telling me what's happening, which is another issue in, in a lot of musicals. So this just wasn't made for me. That's that's my whole statement on this. <laughs> this just wasn't made for me. I will say, I think it fully deserves its two Oscars. Yeah, I agree. I agree, actually. Costume design and art direction. Which, do they still give out an art direction Oscar? They do. They do. They might have combined it with something, but... Sort of the same idea. I can't remember though. So I have. So you have here. Kidman receives only acting nomination. Uh, that's probably fine. <laughs> I can live with that. She, Nicole Kidman and Jim Broadbent were too much for me, man. <laughs> but that's if it if it worked for you, then I think that's fine with her getting it's, the only acting nom. It's funny because my Nicole Kidman experience was like recent movies and in all of her like recent movies she kind of plays like this like uptight like older like mom type role figure like in lion she had that like five minutes of this being like whoa she's really good in this and then uh uh god dang it oh killing of a sacred deer i don't know if you saw that movie but she mm-hmm. plays like that mom i love that movie very cute oh, yeah. so good in that um 
Uh, but this is kind of cool to see, like, back in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, she was, like, freaking nuts. Mm-hmm. And she just did roles that were just, like, fun. And I, I, I really, really liked that for her. I, I mean, uh, maybe not a great performance, but, like, she was really dialing it up. And... <laughs> yeah, not my favorite stuff from her, but, you know, like, I can, I can see, like, how it – I can see how it's different and, like, why – why maybe it got nominated i i uh i joked with my roommates if she wanted the duke to sleep with her she just should have laid down like a dead body like in killing of a sacred deer that's that's an automatic go in that movie i don't see why it's different here <laughs> you have a you have a lack of cinematography oscar uh or, that's probably because the uh that's probably because the cinematography was awful or well it was no no directing nomination but there were cinematography and editing, editing nominations. Yeah, cinematography was booty. It looked yeah. fake as hell. The the editing, <laughs> the editing, threw me for a fucking loop too. I, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it wasn't uh, the most technically great movie, but it was just like a fun, entertaining like something. I feel like that's a movie I could throw on at any point and be like, "Oh, they're going to sing like a virgin." Hell yeah! <laughs> I I think like mom, I, they're singing like a virgin. <laughs> I think them like not giving. Baz a directing nomination for this and then like giving it other technical things is like them like high key negging the movie you know and, and being like okay we enjoyed this but like maybe this wasn't the best I don't know where you I don't know who you lose though from this directing like from a from an Oscar standpoint it's a bunch of like like I don't know yeah I don't know. no I can move you. on to number two let's do it this is uh this movie neither of us had heard of it before we looked at this list of 2001 Oscars. Um, We didn't know what to expect going in and we really both enjoyed it um, quite a bit. Uh, This one is in the bedroom. Um, Just some really stellar performances all the way around. Uh, As you said, Todd Field, is that the director's the gentleman? It's either Todd Field or Todd Fields. Um. Just a really good understate Todd Field. Okay, really good understated writing and directing. Um, you know, everybody in this movie is just great. Tom Wilkinson, Sissy Spacek, Marissa Tomei, and the small part she's in. Um, the dude that is like the asshole ex-husband is so hateable in such a perfect way. Uh, this was a real surprise to me. What you what do you think about this? Some this popped in my head. Did you realize that the two villain, the villain in, in the bedroom and the villain in Moulin Rouge, kind of look the same? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was definitely <laughs> thinking about that. Uh, I liked in the bedroom quite a bit. Uh, someone kind of spoiled for me that there was like a shocking moment in this movie, but they told me it was in the at the end of the movie. So when the character gets shot like super early on, I was like, "Oh, is this like fake? <laughs> is this, did this actually just happen?" I was like, "Oh uh, shit." I literally yeah. said oh shit out loud. That was like, like oh no, he's like, he's dead. But I lo- I really liked this movie. I, I actually, it, it, I gave it, I gave it four stars. I definitely think it deserves to get a nomination. I, uh, my, my one big like qualm with this movie is I wish there was like, maybe, maybe you find 10 minutes less of Sissy and Tom being upset about their lives and give me 10 more minutes of all of them going to soccer games with Marissa Tomai. Like, Maybe give me a little more happiness in my day. Seriously. Marissa Tomei is great in this movie. And any any scenes where we get more of her in the movie, I would definitely be up for. <laughs> I agree. 
I thought it was a really good movie. I don't know why I've never heard of this. I don't know why no one ever talks about it. Like, it's not like it's lacking on, like, famous actors. Like, Sissy Spacek has an Oscar. She's freaking Carrie. So, like, she, uh, this movie has, like, people in it that, like, are important. Tom Wilkinson, I just watched uh, Selma. I think he plays LBJ in that. Oh, and, and it, shit. I think that's him. I gotta look this up, but I'm gonna, I'll, I'll keep, I'll keep, I'll keep talking. But, uh, I really like this movie. I was, uh, I was expecting something a little different. I was expecting maybe a little bit more of like a erotic, sensual type movie, mm-hmm. given Same. like how they kind of like put a lot, like kind of like advertise it, but it really just turned into like this understated movie about like loss and how to keep going and how you like solve the problems with having to see the killer every day. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Well, like, um, I thought uh, the title was really a really good title for it. Um, Like you said, like, when you first hear it, uh, it makes you think of, you know, like, obviously, like, in the bedroom, you think of, like, sex, I guess. Uh, So you think it's going to be, like, an erotic thriller. Um, But, you know, then you find out it's them talking about, like, the lobster traps and how, like, they, they say, like, a two's a party, but three's a crowd. And if you think about that, that's kind of what the whole movie's about, right? Like the son gets killed because two's a party, but three's a crowd, right? Like the ex-husband yep. and and the new boyfriend, like both want Marissa Tomei and then he kills him. And then, you know, when you think about like uh, sort of they're, they're grieving over this loss, Sissy Spacek and uh, Tom Wilkinson and Marissa Tomei, but they kind of like, push marissa tomei aside uh and there's kind of like their own infighting and then of course like getting rid of the ex-husband at the end uh was just really really powerful really well done and then like kind of once they purged all those people from their lives and it's like back to the two of them that's when the movie kind of ends with them almost on like some form of uh resolution which I thought was just, I thought it was just really great. I thought that was such a great like thematic tie throughout the movie. Something I just thought of. I always think of things whenever you talk. My my brain always just like goes different directions. I just thought of this. I want to hear your thoughts on this. So you know how they had their really big blow up fight, which I love that fight. That fight was so good. It was just two great actors just like yelling at each other. The channel Sean Fantasy here. I do love when people just yell at each other. Absolutely. And then the girl comes with the chocolate. <laughs> he's just like, I got Kit Kat. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't do that, but he should have done that. It would awesome. But uh, no, I just thought of this. So you know how in that fight they argued with each other about how like Tom Wilkinson's character was just kind of like trying to live his life while Sissy was like not saying anything. And then they finally kill the guy. And then the resolution was like Sissy getting out of the bed being like, oh, okay, do you want coffee? Do you want to talk about it? And Tom Wilkinson just didn't say anything. So it's kind of like they kind of had a role reversal at the end of Tom being like, let me just sit here and be upset. And Sissy's like, let's go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely like it was this sort of like sense of Tom Wilkinson finally like sitting with what happened. And then Sissy Spacek like actually moving on a little bit. And and then both sort of like understanding each other's side a little bit more. And yeah, that scene where they fight with each other is just great. Also, I'm glad when I speak, uh, it makes you think, because I certainly don't think when I speak, and that gets me in trouble all the time. <laughs> I just like when people talk to me, I don't always like listen to what they say. I just kind of like 
think of I, I listen to like listen to little parts of it and I'm like, oh, that's kind of makes you think of this. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Sure. <laughs> One of us has got to think here, and it's not gonna be me. So <laughs> can we can we jump real quick to best actress nominees? So Yes, absolutely. Sissy Spacek gets nominated for best actor in a leading role. I made this comment before. If this came out now, do you think she would still be a leading actress in this movie? Like I I mean, she's in a lot of the scenes. But, like, you could argue the first, like, 30 minutes, she's, like, not, she's barely in it. And then, like, a lot of it is Tom Wilkinson coming home to her being just, like, distraught. I feel like, so, I feel like Holly Berry must in some way sort of, like, just kind of come out of nowhere, you know, and and to, like, win Monsters Ball. Because I definitely think that Spacek would have been a supporting actress now because we get like some semblance of better female roles, not I'd, like still not nearly on the level of like, you know, best leading actor, but yep. like there's definitely normally at least like two other performances where a year where you're like, Oh shit, they're really good. But also like looking at like the field this year, um, you know, it was Spazik for in the bedroom, Judy Dench for Iris, which once again, <laughs> I know nothing Judy. about that. Yeah. I thought she died from diabetes in uh, Chocolat. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Nicole Kidman from Moulin Rouge, and then Renee Zellweger for Bridget Jones' Diary, which is Unreal. so – I love it. I love it so much. Uh, but, like, I don't know. I feel like there was a real shot for Spacek to win. Uh, I could be totally wrong, but <laughs> – I've never seen Monsters Ball. So I, I feel like I can't comfortably speak on this. But Sissy Spacek was outstanding. Uh, Monsters Ball, I've never seen. It's the movie that my parents, every time I'm like, I don't know if I like Holly Berry as an actress. They're like, well, you haven't seen Monsters Ball. And I'm like, calm right, down. I haven't. Mine. Yeah. That should tell you something, guys. <laughs> Maybe Best actors just that dick. year. Tom Wilkinson lost to Denzel Washington and Training Day, a movie I really wanted to watch before this podcast, and I just didn't get around to it. Have you seen that? King Kong ain't got shit on him, man. Is it good? Uh, Denzel's great. Uh, the movie's the movie okay. okay. Movie's good, not great, but Denzel's really good in it. And then you got Russell Crowe in A Beautiful Mind, which uh, this is kind of off track, but I was reading some trivia about A Beautiful Mind. And... Uh, so I think I think a lot of people watched *The Beautiful Mind* and kind of thought Russell Crowe was hamming it up near the end of that movie with the way he was like walking and like everything he was doing. And a lot of the trivia was just like, it was almost like Russell Crowe like fed it out to the media like, "Oh, I met John Nash and he walked like this and he did this and he did this." And it's like, maybe, but you also might have just been really going for it. <laughs> oh, Russell! Oh, Russell! He was definitely he had just long hair at that Oscars too. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Russell definitely out. riding high off the two consecutive Best Actor nominations. Like, no, no, I, I did great. I did great. You can't tell me I'm bad. I did great. <laughs> you need to go watch Jennifer Connelly win her Oscar because she gives Russell Crowe a hug and Russell Crowe has his full-blown Master and Commander like long hair. It's awesome. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Oh, my God. <laughs> And then Sean Penn for I Am Sam. I've never seen it, but I know you speak highly of that movie. Well, yeah. I've never, I've never seen oh. it, but I know there's the uh, uh, there's the joke in uh, um, Tropic Thunder. Uh, you never go full R word. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. like that's 
that's that's why Tom uh, Tom Hanks went for Forrest Gump and not I Am Sam. It's not Sean Penn and I Am Sam. <laughs> that's all I could think about with that movie now. <laughs> and then you got Will Smith for uh, for for Ali, which I watched that two weeks ago. Um. It was fine. I don't know. I, I, it's one of those movies that I feel like it gets made and it's like, oh, they made a movie about Muhammad Ali. Yeah, we probably got to nominate the guy playing him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's like that's like classic Oscars, like biopic nomination. Yeah, right. I, uh... Oh, this is kind of off topic, but this is why I was confused. Jim Broadbent was nominated for Best Supporting Actor that year. Just not for... Uh, Moulin Rouge. He won it for Iris. Oh, oh my gosh! What All the right, fuck is Iris? I don't know, but I want to. I kind of want to watch it now. All right. Any <laughs> any more thoughts on Oscars? Any more thoughts on In the Bedroom? Highly recommend I, it. I think we're good to to move on to. Uh, yes, highly recommend it. I think we're good to move on though. All right. Our number one is. Uh, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. So I guess that would win our Oscar. The Oscar goes to Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Congrats on Lord of the Rings. Peter Jackson, uh, Frodo, Legolas, everyone. Viggo Mortensen gets his Oscar. Congrats to everyone involved. I, uh, I'm, I'm going to put forth a proposition here. We should keep it abbreviated on this one because the other two are going to show up. And I'm going to have a lot more to say about those two. But this well, is a really good movie. Here you go. Then, then I, you know what? You know what? I love talking, so I can speak on this. Because guess what? Never seen the other two. You're watching these with me. <laughs> yeah, go I, for it. Uh, go for it. I. Uh, so this is gonna suck, but I watched Fellowship of the Ring during work one day, and uh, just like it was a day I I didn't think I was gonna be super busy, so I was just kind of like had the computer to the side, and I was like watching Lord of the Rings, but then I just started getting calls, so I had to like pause it. For large portions a couple times but like if there's ever a movie that like it didn't kill it it's lord of the rings like you <laughs> still knew everything that was going on everything that was going on was like awesome the cinematography was insane uh i like i loved pretty much every character we met i was just like super and it's just like a magical like world that sucks you fully in and even though, like, it's a really long movie, like, you never really feel it. At least from my experience, I, 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 there was really no point where I was like, all right, like, let's go already. Like, we get it. They're in a cave. But it was like, no, like, this is really good. And I was super, uh, I was super intrigued by everything. Because my, my, my only familiarity with Lord of the Rings, this also sucks, is uh, I took a class on Beowulf and uh, Middle English my sophomore year. We watched the Beowulf movie. Look for that on our uh, on our uh, movie club feed. That movie's oh, absolutely not a awful. fan. Nothing not better a fan than the, the Beowulf's mom being Angelina Jolie and like you're questioning everything. <laughs> not not a fan of any Beowulf iteration over here. <laughs> I, uh, so I, they, my uh, I didn't really do anything in that class. Like I went most of the time and I didn't read anything. And my professor's like, "All right, something you've read in this class, you have to write an essay on it." And I was like, "Fuck." So I was like, could I just read The Hobbit? And he's like, you want to read The Hobbit this whole, in this weekend? I was like, I read fast, sure. <laughs> so I read The Hobbit in two days, and that was my whole experience with Lord of the Rings. Well, The Hobbit, uh, you, can, you can always go and watch The Hobbit movies, too. Uh, not 
great movies, but uh, <laughs> you know, the the book The Hobbit's great. The the Lord of the Rings books are great, um, and these movies like. I think like you said too, like you just get everything and um, you know, it, it like just kind of slam dunks everything even more in the next two movies. So like I said, I won't, I won't go too into depth, but like uh, yeah, just, you know, if I really wanted to nitpick and talk about like things to cut or something like that, I could, but I I don't really want to because I, I just like this movie a lot and I like the other two a lot and we can uh, keep it there. We can leave it at that and just kind of wait for like Return of the King to really like lose our minds. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll go into like a hot take on the movies whenever we get to it. But like, uh, uh, yeah, I think we save most of this for Return of the King. You pose an interesting question here, written down. Will these movies sweep our next two versions of this? All right. So I'm looking at the O3 Oscars. I've seen. One movie from the O3 Oscars, it's The Hours, which is pretty good. I think it deserves to get nominated, but I don't, I, I don't have a whole lot to say on The Hours. Uh, other than that, it's Danger New York, which looks long. The Pianist, which I keep being told it's a great movie. And then Chicago. Oh, man. What the <laughs> fucking Oscars. So uh, I, 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 uh, I don't want to like get ahead of myself, given I haven't seen four of those movies, but I, I'd be surprised if Two Towers is in our Oscar winner again. The so, uh, I I've seen a shocking amount of the two thousand and three Oscars. I've seen four of the five already. Wow, um, uh, man, the pianist is going to be rough to get through. That's a that's a much stronger batch of movies, but yeah, I think it's still it's still close in there. <laughs> in oh four though, I I've so that's Return of the King. The one that finally won Best Picture. Lost in Translation, which we both talked about really liking. And I love Lost in Translation. So that's going to be... Wow. That's going to be tough. Master and Command of the Far Side of the World, I think, is really good. <laughs> like, I really like that movie. Mystic River, I saw it a long time ago and I loved it. So is I'm that my watch daughter that. in there? Is that my daughter in there? <laughs> and then Seabiscuit, which uh, maybe I'll just skip and we can pretend we watched it. I've seen Sea Biscuit. It's it's, it's a, Isn't it a horse movie. I'm not big on horse movies. It's all right. It's kind of a horse movie. It's uh, yeah, it's fine. I've also seen a good amount of these ones too. Actually, me too. I've seen three of the three of the five, so I'm happy about that. It is going to be much stronger competition for the next two movies, but also the next two movies I like better. So this will be that. Those will be fun to kind of like go through and talk about. I I am looking forward to that. Especially like yeah, you know me. I'm a big like Scorsese guy. So, um, watch oh, yeah, out. From New York. Yeah. Well, then you get to 05, where my uh, my my movie I my movie of that year is The Aviator, which I've been trying to watch for about eight years. Never gotten all the way through it. I got an hour through it one time, and then I tried to watch, and then I didn't touch it for five years, and I went back to it. <laughs> I don't know. I literally cannot watch that movie. It's too long. It's three hours of just Leo being like, planes, movies. I love The Aviator. There's a lot of nerdy things I like in The Aviator that we'll get into, though. Oh, my God. That's going to be tough. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll cut this idea after that. and we'll just, I'll never have to watch The Aviator. Just... 
I think you'll want to cut this by the time you have to watch the pianist because that's like I'm gonna look up the the time on it. Two and, and a half hours. I've I've looked at that movie a thousand times. The pianist screams work movie. Yes, yes, that is a two and a half hour meditation on the Holocaust. Uh, Hell yeah. That's 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 tough. I don't know why I ever watched that on my own. <laughs> Think about that every day. It'll be awesome. I can't wait. <laughs> so we uh. So we just dive into what else came out in 2001? Yeah. So, you know, we went through our five here. Um, and I think you and I both left the door open to just being like, you know, maybe maybe something else could have slipped in there for, okay. at the very least, a beautiful mind. Um, you want to run through some of the big ones here? I think easily what should have been nominated is a scary movie, too. <laughs> the scene yeah. in Scary Movie 2 when Anna Faris is singing Graduation and the radio tells her to shut the fuck up is really cinema at its best. Just but what great. Pro- what probably should have been nominated, and, I, and I've never seen Mulholland Drive, but I'm just going to defer to you and say you would probably nominate that over something here. Uh, yes. Mulholland Drive is widely considered by critics to be um, not just one of the best movies of this year, um, but one of the best movies uh, since the year 2000. And uh, the fact that they nominated Lynch but didn't nominate the movie weird. really, really fucking irks me. Because uh, <laughs> it's, it's a strange, I mean, it's a strange, strange movie, but it is a really, really good movie. And I just, this, this group of movies is not strong enough to not have that in there. I would have this movie in there over all five of these movies, uh, genuinely. So I'll give you my five of what I would have actually nominated that I've seen. So I would probably have done Lord of the Rings still in the bedroom, Moulin Rouge. And then I probably would have given, uh, I'm going to be serious about this. I'm going to be serious about this. Cause I could, I could joke about this, but I'm going to nominate Ocean's Eleven and uh, uh, Memento. I think those are the five that I would nominate. And you could look back on this year and be like, Holy crap, that's a cool year. But uh, you don't really get to do that anymore. But uh, yeah, I was, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. I, I can I can save my, my BS for later. I was just going to say, like, yeah, if I, if I was just doing a five here, it would be Lord of the Rings, Mulholland Drive, Ocean's Eleven, Memento, and then um, probably the Royal Tenenbaums, if I could just nominate five. Like, but there's just some, uh, there's just a lot of, like, good non-Oscar-y movies in this year. I, mean, I feel like it's kind of a weaker year, but there's, like, fun non-Oscar movies that didn't get nominations, which I understand, but like just are, have stood the test of time way better. I, uh, I felt the need to write in here, not another teen movie, <laughs> which is a movie I genuinely think is really, really good. It's one of those like typical like spoof movies, but like it somehow does it perfectly. Chris and Evans. Get a bunch of, yeah. Yeah. Chris Evans is in it and they get a bunch of cameos from like people who were in those teen movies like they have uh i don't know what they have the like the principal from breakfast club they have the dad from ferris bueller they have the girl that played sabrina the teenage witch it's like a really funny movie but uh no obviously not nominated um but what hot american summer is another one that's another like great movie that just kind of like came out that year i mean even like you know this this was a year where we had like the first harry potter movie we had monsters inc we had Shrek, which won Best Animated Feature over Monsters, Inc., which is crazy. Uh, you know, Bridget Jones's Diary, which is a fun movie. 
uh, Legally Blonde, which is another fun movie. Uh, Zoolander, which wasn't really popular at the time. Amelie, which is a pretty beloved like foreign movie um, from the year Training Day, The Royal Tenenbaums, like it's Princess Diaries, just like other stuff that's like a lot more fun to watch than these five movies, you know, like really only our top two, I would like revisit time and time again, I think. What about Planet of the Age with uh, Mark Wahlberg? So Mackie Mac. That movie's terrible, but I kind of want to rewatch it. That's a movie that like you really just can't, you really just can't take your eyes off it. You're like, Mark Wahlberg seems confused the whole time, and Helena Bonham Carter, like, it's almost like she's become one with the ape she's playing, <laughs> and it's like, is this what she has to do to, like, hang out with Tim Burton? It's like, what, what is, what is this? Uh, it's somehow, like, the special effects are worse than, than, the, <laughs> than the first Planet of the Apes. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> it's a borderline disaster. Oh, it's an absolute disaster. It's... <laughs> it's like, I feel like you don't see movies like that as much anymore because I feel like people are like smarter now and they can at least understand a plot. But like back then, it was like, here you go, here's this like garbage. But Tim Burton, Mark Wahlberg, like, yeah. let's go. We're so like we're so movie literate now, you know. Like, I feel like in the streaming age, we just watch so much that like now we kind of like have we've gotten we've reached like a baseline of like i can sort of understand what's going on most of the time in most movies uh planet of the apes clearly before that though the the tim burton one that movie like opens with like mark Wahlberg like being in that like space thing and the person next to them is like dead but like i I didn't know that and i'm just like i i'm quickly just like lost on everything going on i i this is probably way too much mark planet of the apes mark Wahlberg. do you think he remembers this movie oh i don't know once again i i don't think he ever saw this movie but i think he saw that Milton. you're probably like hey donnie we can start Wahlburgers now yeah yeah seriously there's a lot of Wahlburgers chains out here there's there's they're one all... that's been building forever in front of meyer <laughs> You, apparently you got to go and get the uh, sweet potato fries or something like that. Have Never you gone? Are you an In-N-Out guy? Oh, I'm an In-N-Out guy. Yeah, In-N-Out over over Wahlburgers any day. All right, here's a better question. Better question. We can cl- we're going to close the show on this question. All right. Let's do it. In-N-Out or Steak and Shake? Oh man, so this is tough to me. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through the pros and cons here. In-N-Out, In-N-Out. Animal style fries, always a great choice. Uh, their spread is really great. Um, the simplicity of the menu—you got three options. You go in there, you're getting a burger, fries, and a, and, a, and a coke. You know, like you may as well just go for it. You're getting diabetes for what? Ten bucks? Exactly. It's cheap. It is cheaper <laughs> than it is cheaper than steak and shake. Oh, steak and shake, though. Good. Health health violations and all. I don't know if they've actually occurred, but I know they're happening back there. Uh, Steak and shake. You're getting you're getting like shitty ass service for the price of like this cheap tiny little burger, but like everything there's so good. Like that milkshake, yeah. absolutely slaps. Like I remember I would go there and get a salad to like convince myself it was like healthy to get at like eleven o'clock at night. <laughs> And well, I came back after like a year and they put calories on there. <laughs> it was like a 1300 calorie salad. Well, I even fooled myself. Like, 
<laughs> I was like, uh, I should have just gotten a burger. I think I gotta go steak and shake though. I'm like, I'm like, there's that there's that Roger Ebert quote on on like their ads where he's like, if I had to take the president of the United States to one place to eat, it would be steak and shake. That's that's <laughs> that's me. That's me too. <laughs> so uh, what are we doing next week? So next week we got a movie swap here. Um, we found that doing these like themes for the movie swap is a little bit better to do. Um, so we're going to kind of go from the, you got HBO max recently. I've got the criterion collection. Um, so we're going to kind of go from the overlap in those two. Uh, the movie I'm giving you, as I mentioned, is a musical. It's a French musical called the umbrellas of Cherbourg uh, from 1963 directed by Jacques Dem- Demi. Um, Jacques Demi's movies, uh, were a big influence on Damien Chazelle um, before La La Land. A lot of people, I think, even kind of talk about how he kind of ripped him off. So I not think Damien be... Chazelle. Yeah, really. But I think have you this, seen be... this. I have seen Umbrellas of Sheerborg. Yeah, I've seen like scenes from it. I haven't seen the whole thing though. But um, you know, I'm looking forward to watching it in full. I've heard really good things about it. Nice and quick, um, and it should be on HBO Max for you. All right, so I had two ideas. Which one? Okay, you're you're gonna pick it for me. Do you want the like? Do you want do you want the movie that I've seen before that you have not seen in Letterboxd, but it's in your watch list, and I really like it, but it's kind of like a chalky pick. It's kind of like, oh, okay, thanks, thanks for that. I probably could have watched that by myself. Or, or do you want the movie I've never seen before? But I really, 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 really want to watch it. And this is going to be my excuse to watch it. Should I, let's should I give let's you... do the second one. Let's do the second one. All right. So the first one would have been Singing in the Rain. Okay. That's and I great. Was like, eh, he can watch that by himself. But I want to watch The Red Shoes from 1948. Let's do it. Yeah, that have sounds great. It? I haven't. That's a good one, though. I've been meaning I mean, to watch that one. It's got really good reviews from people I, I, I give a shit about. And it kind of sounds like Black Swan, which that might be a terrible interpretation of me reading what it's about. And I kind of like Black Swan. Uh, so I thought it'd be interesting. It looks like a, it's in color. It's from 1948. I'm interested. It's kind of long though, but uh, I think it'll be okay. I think this is a good pairing of movies here. Singing in the Rain would, would have been good too. Because uh, I, th- I had an inkling that you were going to go that way. So I was like, I'll choose I'll choose it. Uh, in the rain. We could do our quick question next week could be we watch the lip sync battle when Tom Holland does singing in the rain. Umbrella, <laughs> we can discuss that. You know, I'm down for it. Uh, ten out of ten, Tom Holland for for going for it on Umbrella. That's a legendary moment from that show. Oh, I love, I love, I love him. I loved him since that moment. <laughs> yeah, I, I was in. That was when I bought my Tom Holland stock. And. Nominated for an Oscar, The Red Shoes. There we go. I can highlight yeah. that off my list. Perfect. Perfect. This No, I'm, I'm excited for this. This is a good set of a couple movies here that we got for ourselves. All right. All right. You got anything else? Any more deep, deep, deep insight? No, I, I think uh, I think I've gone galaxy brain enough here. I think we're yeah. good. <laughs> I think my one last thought is if you haven't seen Planet of the Apes from 01, definitely give it a watch. Yeah, you know, take some drinks every time you're confused. Um, you might, you know, 
you might pass out from drinking because of how much you're going to have to drink. Uh, I don't know if you, you just got to tweak that a little bit. Only take a drink when you feel less more, only take a drink when you feel more confused than Mark Wahlberg. (laughs) The man looks lost. (laughs) This isn't boogie nights. What am I doing here? I'm on another planet. There's apes everywhere. <laughs> we got Abraham Lincoln. I forgot about that. So dumb. It's so dumb. I'm gonna see if I get my girlfriend to watch that movie with me tonight. Now I'm just gonna oh. watch it. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> I think All we'll right. end it there. Then. <laughs> we will see you next week, everybody. So long, everybody.